What were you doing? Uh, putting, getting lotion to put on my hands there. I was like, my hands are really dry. I should use this opportunity to put okay, lotion on them. Yeah. I'm going to put lotion on too with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to History of a Haunting. Today we're going to talk about beauty products. and <laughs> We are well lotioned. Yes. What I'm I like to use it. is, yeah. Uh, hi guys, welcome to History of Haunting. And no, we're not going to talk about beauty products. Did I say booty products? <laughs> we might talk about booty products. We might talk about booty products. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, cool. I have no updates and announcements from my personal life. How about you? Mm, not much going on around here. Pretty mm -mm. chill. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty chill. So we'll just jump right into the EVPs then. Um, we just have the one today, guys. Or I only have one. Do you have any? Again, all quiet on the Western Front. Great, great. All right, you've got the West Coast settle down. <laughs> I've got the East Coast settle down. Um, but we do have a couple of EVPs. And by a couple, I mean one, because I just said we had one. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> Where do we, we start? Oh, God. I, right. Don't pull at that thread. Um, we do, <laughs> do want to promote, guys, as always. Um, the Spirit Realm Network is going to be doing a live broadcast on February 25th with Rick McCallum and Dylan Rathman. They're going to be doing a live investigation of the 1910 jail in Globe, Arizona. It is a location near and dear to mine and Laura's hearts, as we did do a fan event there this past December and so I'm really excited about it it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good time um, it's I believe they said it's from 9 p.m. to 11:45, I believe uh, but yeah it's gonna be live so watch it tune in if you guys see something like Laura said last week if you see something say something and you can direct them where to go there's gonna be cameras all over the place and you guys will have you know full access to that and and you know if you see something on the the third floor in the women's tank or in Kingsley old cell and something's you know you see a legit hand come out of Kingsley old cell <laughs> Instead of somebody that you're with. <laughs> Instead of, uh, yeah, a member of the group. <laughs> Let them know. Have them go up there and check it out. So that's going to be on February 25th, Friday night. Um, so I'm excited for that. The other thing, uh, I guess I did have another one. The other thing that I'm excited for is Destination Fear is in between seasons, but they had filmed a documentary. It was um, Dakota... Chelsea and Tanner filmed a documentary called Trail to Terror years before Destination Fear was ever a thing. I believe it was also before he was Dakota was a cameraman on Ghost Adventures. So that's dropping on Discovery Plus on February 24th. So I'm you guys know where I'm going to be that day. I'm looking forward to that one, too. So that's all I have for now. Yeah. yeah, good job. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. This one's gonna this location this week, Laura, is a fun one and it's really made me nostalgic for home. Why don't you tell everybody where we're taking them today? Today we are taking you to Vulture Gold Mine in Wickenburg, Arizona. Oh, good old Wickenburg. I miss mm -hmm. Arizona. I miss do Arizona. You? I do. I miss yeah. you. 
I know. I can feel that in my heart. (laughs) What are your sources, miss? My sources for today are phoenixghost.com, easycentral.com, legendsofamerica.com, apcrp.org, and arizonastateparks.com. What does APCRP stand for? I don't fucking remember. Cool. App crap. All right. App crap. Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed legit. (laughs) It seemed legit. Yeah, this is a fun one. Um, You said you have been here? You've been to this location? I have. I have never. No idea it was haunted at the time I went years and years ago, like 10 years ago. Um, Oh, okay. And there was not like a lot going on. I there wasn't like you didn't have to pay to go in, um, so it's like much more organized now. We just kind of walked around. Um, yeah. And the scariest thing that happened was a bee flew in the car on the way. I would be I terrified. Pull over on the highway to get. I out. would too. I would too. <laughs> freak out. I would freak out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't love that. I, but I, it's yeah, a cool looking place. Like, is um, it? I sent you a couple of pictures I had taken. Yeah, you did. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, uh, cool looking. You know? Really kind of really. classic, a Arizona, um, ghost town, mining yeah, town. Absolutely. Yeah. There's cool. still a lot of stuff left there. It's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. Um, I have a picture of, it, but I'll show those as you tell your your tale. Weave right, us a story, well. Laura. <laughs> All right. So Vulture City, like we said, is an abandoned settlement nestled into the breathtaking landscape of the Sonoran Desert. It was established in 1863 and was developed to meet the needs of Arizona's most successful gold mine, Vulture, the Vulture Mine. Right. Um, Vulture City's population quickly rose to 5,000 residents. And from 1863 to 1942, the mine produced 340,000 ounces of gold, wow. 260,000 ounces of silver, and has been credited with founding the town of Wickenburg. You're nodding in agreement? I oh, am. Yeah. Sounds fucking legit. I believe it. I'm, I'm <laughs> buying what you're selling. <laughs> yeah. But it was open from 1863 to 1942, so close to 100 years. Uh, yeah. Wow. I wonder. I wonder if how long. I can't remember how long the Aho mine. That was a copper mine, but that seems like a really long time. It is a long time, I think. For a and mine, you know, I don't right. know. There right. must have been a fucking fuck ton of gold there. Uh, yeah, there was. Yeah. Okay. So, to start off our story, in 1862, Henry Wickenburg, uh, this is our namesake for the town of Wickenburg, a former, there you go, a former (laughs) California gold rush prospector, uh, traveled with several other men to look for gold in Arizona. In 1863, he came across a quartz outcropping containing gold. A claim was soon staked, and Wickenburg began to work the mine by himself. He named his mine for the many vultures in the area. Before long, however, Wickenburg decided he didn't want to do the physical labor himself. And so he... (laughs) With you. (laughs) It's hard work. Cheers, Henry. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. So um, he allowed other miners to work the uh, mine for a flat fee of $15 a ton. So soon a community developed around the mine, which became known as Vulture City. Okay. 
1866, Henry sold an 80% interest in the mine. He moved northward, settling on a ranch site near the town which bears his name today. Another man who came to the area at about the same time was Jack Swilling. Uh, he was a former Confederate officer. Swilling was a visionary who seized the chance to clear out the ancient irrigation canals the Hohokam Indians had dug generations ago near the Salt River Valley. Oh. Henry Wickenberg helped to finance the Swilling Irrigation and Canal Company in the fall of 1867. The ditch project, which later became the Salt River Project, led to the development of central Arizona's agricultural communities, including Phoenix, as well as providing water for the operation of the vulture mine. Wow, okay. Yeah, so like actually this mine is very responsible for the the fact that Phoenix is what it is today. It kind of, that kind of reminds me of like F.O. Stanley and what he did for Estes Park. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So by the late 1860s, the Vulture Mine was described as the largest and richest gold mine in Arizona. Between 1868 and 1871, the Vulture Mining Company poured money into developing the property and workmen built an office, a dwelling house, and a store. At the mill site, they put up offices, a warehouse, a boarding house, and several other buildings. Uh, a 12-acre garden was planted along the river to raise vegetables to, su- to support about 150 men um, who were working on the site. So here's some of the buildings. Yeah. Yeah. So an entrance into one of the mining tunnels, Um, the bottom picture, the color picture, that's what it looks like today. And then the bunkhouse, um, I believe that was taken a long time ago. (laughs) The year escapes It's in black and white. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's old timey. Yeah, back in the 1900s. Right. <laughs> Zane likes to say. <laughs> he does. He likes to make me feel all of my years. Yes. <laughs> and you like to share it with me and make me feel all of mine. So I do. I do enjoy it. Cheers to that. <laughs> all right. uh, though the mind was doing well, it was isolated and vulnerable to Indian attacks. In its earliest years, the miners were fortunate because they had little trouble. But that changed in 1868 when the Apache began to harass the miners, forcing the Vulture Mining Company to employ men to escort ore and supply trains traveling to and from the mine. In 1869, most of the animals were stolen, and in September, three men were killed. Apache raids weren't the only problem at the mine, as many of the miners, millhand, and teamsters were known to be guilty of high grading which is stealing the gold ore. Right. So some estimates say that up to half the ore mined from Vulture was stolen by graders. That's a fucking lot. That is a lot. Um, Right. So everybody stole from the mine pretty much, but stealing was actually punishable by death. Um, Eh. So the town... Right, yeah. Uh, The town never had an official lawman, so punishment was dished out vigilante style. Okay. Uh, The hanging tree was just outside of Henry Wickenberg's old home and used to hang high graders who got caught. 18 men were hung on the hanging tree in Vulture. It was said the men that were hung uh, took hours to die and were left to rot in the sun until they were buried near the tree. I think I have a picture of it. I could be wrong. Okay. Let's see. I'm wrong. You're wrong. I did have a picture of it. Why didn't I put it? Mm-hmm. It's not important. Anyway, here's some more of it. 
<laughs> yep. Some more of the rundown. The buildings looks like an old. Is that nineteen thirties car? It looks like it's rusted as hell. Look at that. Cool though. Um. So back back then, Wickenburg was a vigilante town. Says Gloria Hinkle, who owns Wickenburg Legends and goes tours with her son Scott Taylor. We didn't have a lawman for years and years. We actually had two hanging trees, one in town and another out by the mine. It wasn't a very nice hanging either with drop doors. This was much more gruesome. They would put the condemned man on a rock or a mule and kick them out from under him. It, would, it could take two minutes or two hours to die. Great. Fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Vulture Goldmine was prosperous. Uh, but the miners led hard lives. Uh, the day-to-day grind inside the mines was tough. It was dark, dusty, and dangerous. There were plenty of fights, and the feuds followed the miners back into town. Once the mines closed, the miners went back to Vulture City to ease up for the next day. And when the saloons and brothels filled up, you'd get the exact kind of rowdiness the Wild West is known for. Shootouts, murders, and rapes were common at Vulture City. Great. So yeah. yeah, exactly like you kind of picture it. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that was sort of co- probably common in all mining towns in Arizona. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. By 1872, the mine's principal ore body was worked out, and during the financial panic of 1873, the Vulture Mining Company, which was heavily in debt, closed down the mine and the mill. Uh, over the next several years, there were several attempts made to reopen the mine as several mining companies probed deeper and worked the old mine tailings. Uh, The building of the Southern Pacific Railroad from Yuma across Southern Arizona rekindled more interest in the vulture mine as transportation costs have been a major factor in the vulture company's costs. Mm, Okay, makes Um, sense. Right. So trying to trudge it across the state with raids and, you know. Animal horses being, stealing stealing your animals. (laughs) Yeah, and your, you know, gold. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so though the railroad was about 50 miles to the south, uh, investors saw the possibility of branch lines and the future of the mine brightened. In 1878, in walked the Central Arizona Mining Company along with the new workmen. By 1880, Vulture City boasted an 80-stamp mill crushing its ore, an SA office, which you just showed in the last picture, um, a blacksmith shop, several boarding houses, carpenter shop, cookhouse, mess hall, laundry offices, saloons, stores, multiple small homes, a school, and warehouses. Wow. So it really blew up, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, they even had a post office, uh, which opened in Boulder City on October 4th, 1880. And our Mr. Henry Wickenburg was the first postmaster. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. So though the Central Arizona Mining Company had hopes and predicted positive returns to its investors, uh, they suffered management and financial problems in 1883 was the last year of major operations when the mine produced slightly over 210000 uh, but paid no dividends to its investors. Um, at this point, Vulture City consisted of several stores, a Wells Fargo office, and again, the school and all that stuff they had. Um, they even had um, a free reading hall and literary literary society jesus i need to go were you a part of that (laughs) (laughs) i can't read (laughs) that's pretty cool though seems very progressive yeah especially for the late 1800s yeah um so in 1884 the central mining 
the Central Arizona Mining Company closed its operations and leased the property. Okay. So in 1887, uh, famed Leadville, Colorado silver mining millionaire Horace A. Tabor purchased the vulture mine. Uh, for the first time in its history, the mine had an experienced and financially secure owner. However, exactly one year after his purchase, Tabor was stunned by the robbery of a gold shipment on the road from Wickenburg to Phoenix. On March 19th, a gang attacked and killed the mine superintendent and two guards before making off with a gold bar valued at $7,000. What year was this? 1887. So $7,000 is probably $1.4 million today. I would guess. I'm guessing. That sounds exactly right. Uh, Right right on the money. (laughs) Right. So Tabor immediately announced that he would pay a $1,000 reward for each bandit captured in the return of the shipment. Territorial authorities also posted a reward, and a Maricopa County posse gathered to pursue the robbers. Within just a few days, the posse tracked the bandits, killing one of them and recovering the gold. Wow. Yeah. So, this place was just plagued with issues after that. Um, and After that? It sounds like it's well, been it plagued. Like right <laughs> but it continued. The law right. didn't change. Um, and the territory of Arizona seized the vulture mine for back taxes in 1894. Not great. Um, in 1896, Tabor leased the mine again, at which time the new operator tore down a number of the stone buildings to run the rocks through the mills. Uh, Tabor then canceled the lease and put the mine up for sale. However, he couldn't buy find a buyer fast enough, and in January 1897, the vulture mine was sold at a sheriff's sale. So, again, very volatile. Yeah. Okay, so in 1911, the new vulture mining company discovered a new gold vein, and produ- production began in earnest again. But in 1916, the vein was worked out after producing over $4 million. Whoa! Yeah. So we're not talking just a little bit. That's a lot of shit. And this was in 1911 through... Mm-hmm. 1916. 1916. So $4 million then was $73.9 billion today. <laughs> I think that's right. All right. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm yeah, really good at math. You're so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> over the next decades, the mind was worked intermittently. Um, however, tragedy struck in 1923 when seven men died as they were chipping away at support pillars to get to high-grade ore. Again, don't chip at the support pillars. At the support pillars. No. Bad idea. Right. Unfortunately, the rock holding up the ceiling caused the support to fail, and the men, as well as 12 pack animals, were buried under 100 feet of rock. There was no hope of rescue, and the remains continue to be entombed to this day in what is called the glory hole. Because the victims were sent on to glory during the incident. And if you can keep a straight face and say glory, well, that's, I'm a fucking professional. (laughs) I actually talk about this particular mine in my part. And when I came Mm -hmm. across it, I sent the little snippet to Jennifer and I was like, Jesus Christ, Laura is going to have a field day with this. go down to the good old glory hole. <laughs> right. I know. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choke. 
1942, President Roosevelt issued an executive order during World War II that closed the mine because all resources were to be focused on the war effort. Mm, yeah. Um, afterward, Folger City became a ghost town, but pro- prospectors continued to work the area. So over 1863 to 1942, um, like I said, it was over $200 million of gold and silver came out of this mine. It's crazy. I gotta, you know what? I gotta look it up. I'm sorry. All right. So today, Vulture City is privately owned, but is open to visitors with a fee. Uh, numerous buildings continue to stand, and some of them have been restored. Uh, the largest building is a rock-walled two-story structure built in 1884 uh, that served as mine and essay office. The rocks used to construct the buildings came from the mine and are thought to contain thousands of dollars worth of gold. Like, in the rocks that they used to build the office. Ah. Oh, no. All right. Other buildings are scattered about, including the mess hall, so, you know, all the homes, all that kind of stuff is still there. Um... And there's tons of old mining equipment um, still lying about, as you can see in the pictures uh, that we will post. Um, Mr. Wickenberg's cabin um, has been also been restored now. And right in front of that is the wonderful hanging tree. Yeah, so, yeah I had that picture and, and I didn't put it up like an idiot. I, I Sorry. Weird. But I swear I had it. Uh-huh. I, I do. I do. Uh-huh. So, um, one of the, this is one of the most intact ghost towns that is still around in Arizona. Um, and it is open daily for self-guided tours. Um, and so you can go check it out if you would like. Um, there is a fun story that is kind of connected to this mine. And if you live in Arizona, um, you've probably heard of it. Um, it's the legend of the lost Dutchman. Yes. So I'm going to tell this story and why it's kind of connected to the mine. Okay. And before you so, do, uh-huh. $200 million in 1942 is the equivalent of close to a billion dollars today. Nice. That's a lot of freaking money. It is. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sorry. The last Good Dutchman. Job. I love this. Okay. So, um, during the 1840s, the Peralta family in northern Mexico supposedly developed rich gold mines in the Superstition Mountains, which are to the east of Phoenix. Complete um, opposite direction of Wickenburg. Yeah, and Wickenburg is to the west. And still apart, what do you think? There's maybe 100 miles? It's not even that far. It's not that far. It's maybe an mm. hour northwest of Phoenix. And then right. the superstitions are about an hour east. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so their last expedition to carry gold back to Mexico occurred in 1848. According to legend, the large party was ambushed by Apaches and all were killed except for one or two Peralta family members who escaped into Mexico. This area is known today as the Massacre Grounds. A number of other people were supposed to have known the mine's location or even to have worked it. Numerous maps have surfaced over the years only to become lost or misplaced when interested parties pressed for facts. Men who claim to have found the Peralta mine 
were unable to return to it or some disaster occurred before they could file a claim, all adding to the lore of a lost mine. <laughs> in, 18, in the 1870s, Jacob Waltz, the Dutchman, uh, was said to have located the mine through the aid of a Peralta descendant. Waltz and his partner, Jacob Weiser, worked the mine and allegedly hid one or more caches of gold in the superstitions. Uh, so most stories place the gold in the vicinity of Weaver's Needle, a well-known landmark. Uh, Weiser was killed by Apaches, or according to some, by Waltz himself. So in failing health, Jacob Waltz moved to Phoenix and died some 20 years later in 1891. He supposedly described the mine's location to Julia Thomas, a neighbor who took care of him prior to his death. So neither she nor dozens of other seekers in the years that followed were able to find the lost Dutchman's mine. Subsequent searchers have sometimes met with foul play or even death, contri contributing to the superstition and legend that's around these mountains. So here's how it ties in with the vulture mine. Yeah. So supposedly there's, you know, east of Phoenix, there's this crazy rich gold mine. Right. Um, hidden in the mountains. And people really do go looking for it to this day. It yeah. still happens. Yeah, people have to get rescued all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Um, Don't do it in the summer, guys. Come on. Right. It's like 112. <laughs> Just stop. Uh, the theory is that at one time, Jacob Waltz actually worked at the vulture mine. Um, High-grading activities at the vulture mine were legendary. That's the ceiling. Because everybody was just robbing it blind. Everybody was just doing it. <laughs> so, again, the theory is that um, Jacob Waltz worked there and that the lost Dutchman mine was a ruse for Jacob's high-grading activities at the vulture mine. So true, he had a cachet for the high-graded gold, but what a better strategy than to avert attention from his true activities, having people think he had a lucrative mine in the superstitions when he's actually getting the gold from the vulture. Right, and keeping it. So, yeah, right. and the other, okay. So anyone can sketch a map um, that he had produced to give further <laughs> credibility to Jacob's boy, <laughs> as he would occasionally take a trip in the superstitions to keep the subterfuge going. Right. So, and I have heard that there were people that said that the supposed stuff that he came out of the superstition, the gold that he came out of the superstitions with supposedly doesn't match anything that would have come out of the superstitions. Really? So they don't think it really came out of there, yeah. So that it could conceivably have come from Wickenburg. Mm -hmm. and, and then he just he was stealing just, it and, and hiding to, it there or whatever yeah and needed to have one a place to hide it and two was basically pretending that he had his own little gold thing over there mine yeah yeah gold thing <laughs> just a gold thing <laughs> really specific today you, yeah you really sh you i bet you are part of that literary club <laughs> or society or whatever it was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is the story of Vulture City and the Vulture City Mine. That is great job. That you always do such a really, really great job on the history. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I don't. You know, I love. I love all of these little ghost towns and mining towns that Arizona has, and they have so many of them. They have, you know, Vulture City, they have Jerome, they have Tombstone, they have Ajo, they have um, 
so many, but I don't know as I would have wanted to live back in those days. It just sounds a little too gunslingy for me. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, and plus being a woman, not so mm. great either. Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm. No, not at all. Um Well, I have some ghosty goodness because of the hanging tree and about 18 men that were reported to have been hung from this tree. Of course, it's haunted as fuck. Um, (laughs) So we're going to take a quick teeny little pause for all of you. It's going to be the blip of a second. We will be right back and then we will get into the ghosts of the Vulture Gold Mine in Wickenburg, Arizona. We will be right back right now. Okay, see, that didn't take long. Uh Uh-oh, what battery? My Apple battery is not charging with my little connector. I don't know. I'm sure we know who's responsible for that shit. (laughs) Order a new one. Well, we have half. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here are my sources. They are. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my sources are Phoenix Ghosts. PhoenixGhosts.com, azcentral.com, okusaws.com. It was uh, like a haunted traveler, haunted journeys blog. Um, AmericanGhostStories.com. And then I did watch a little of the BuzzFeed Unsolved, the Supernatural, um, Ryan and Shane. I love those guys. Uh, so I did watch that while I was doing my research to just get me in the mood and... Um, God, Ryan's a crack up. <laughs> a total crack up. <laughs> um, so anyway, tales of apparitions and phantom music at the birdcage in Tombstone, along with angry spirits at longtime Tempe watering hole Casey Moore's, which is one of my very, very favorite places in Tempe, um, along with many others, make our hair stand on end. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, many other bars in Tempe. Like, many other like, bars. I bet they need your Fat Tuesday. Fat, Fat Tuesday. And Gordon Biersch. God, I miss Mill Avenue. <laughs> I was like, slow down. They closed 8 East a long time ago. <laughs> I know, right? Club Rio. Actually, no, that was before my time. <laughs> That was before my drinking time. I hung out a lot in Scottsdale, Axis Radius, Gilligan's, all those places. Uh, But that's not why we're here. Um, (laughs) We're not here to talk about Carrie's misadventures. mm -mm. Um, But I do love Casey Moore's. It's great. If you're in Tempe, you really should go. Yeah, Fat Tuesdays is pretty great, too. Um, But few places creep out the writers of this AZ Central article, like the Vulture Mine and its dubious hanging tree in Wickenburg. So, Laura, like you mentioned, Gloria Henkel, who owns Wickenburg Legends and Ghost Tours with her son, Scott Taylor, um, after she was talking about how they would hang them where they basically would like put a rock, you know, a rock underneath them or a mule and then just kind of kick them out and it could take them forever to die. She did say that she was out there and she was showing people around one night and they were recording down in the closed abandoned pit and captured some great recordings in German, which Henry Wickenberg was from Austria and German was his native tongue. So I thought that was very fascinating. 
very fascinating. I was like, that's kind of compelling. That's kind of a compelling piece of evidence. Um, so I thought that was really cool. In the essay office out there um, in the corner, there's a very negative feeling. And they captured a little voice saying, get out, which it's not a legit haunted location unless you capture an EVP saying, get out, I think. Right. I believe we talk about it in the very first episode, Stanley Hotel. Um where, you know, a ghost telling somebody to get out was in the must be in the handbook for the recently deceased. Like, you've got to you've got to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she says that cold spots are always felt around the property, even if it's 105 degrees outside. And anybody that has spent any kind of time in Arizona in the summer will uh, attest that it is very, very brutal. The Arizona sun is a massive energy drain. And um, a ghostly chill would probably be really refreshing in 105 degree heat. <laughs> right, and very noticeable as well. Very noticeable like, as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do that again. So today the Vulture Mine is privately owned, but it is open to the public for a small fee. Guided tours are also provided. It's uh, also overrun by the ghosts of the long forgotten miners who love to haunt gullible tourists. Tourists and staff alike often hear footsteps creeping up behind them, specifically boots on gravel, which I thought was really specific and a wonderful um, situational example of paranormal activity. Um, obviously, it wouldn't make sense to hear, you know, heels on a hardwood floor, but boots right. on gravel to think that somebody's actually walking up behind you would be very creepy. Um, strange disembodied voices whispering in their ears. I, I've always said I don't like that. Don't whisper in my ear. Just talk to me. I'm here for you. You don't need to whisper in my ear, please. Um, like I just whispered in everybody else. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> I hate that. Um, and then also they see a lot of ghostly apparitions and shadows wandering around the mines. Many often report shadows on the walls when nobody else is there. Also, the sounds of pickaxes striking the walls are also quite common. Hmm. So one of the more infamous ghosts is that of Jimmy Davis. Jimmy was a hardworking man and he was very well known amongst his colleagues for getting the job done right. So one day, Jimmy was working the mines, the pulley system malfunctioned, and he got up on a ladder to fix the belt when his arm got stuck in the loop of the pulley. Apparently the belt tightened when he tried, and when he tried to get out, he was launched several feet in the air with his arm still stuck in the loop. Oh. Mm-hmm. I did read about this guy. I was like, oh, brutal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awful. Um, and it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that's not bad enough, uh, his body smashed into multiple pieces of heavy machinery, breaking every bone in his body before dumping his body hundreds of feet down into the central mine shaft. The worst part, the worst part. It's not worst yet, guys. <laughs> The worst part was that Jimmy wasn't killed right away. It took five hours for him to die. Apparently, he cried and begged for mercy, being in excruciating pain, but it was no use. His body was too far down to be recovered. That's a rough one. 
That's a rough one. That's a rough one. that for you. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Archie used to do that too. I'll let Carrie tell the really horrible shit. <laughs> so Jimmy's ghost still lives in the mine shafts. His blood curdling screams can still be heard echoing through the mine. And some have heard cries for help in other parts of Vulture City grounds. Others claim to hear the sounds of the pulley machine whipping around as if it were malfunctioning. Paranormal investigators claim to have discovered Jimmy's spirit hanging around the mine's powerhouse, and his ghost has been seen at the entrance to the mine on multiple occasions. So, mm, mm -mm. that poor man. So the ghosts of the high graders who were punished by death are still seen around the mines. The hanging tree is said to have been the burial site of dozens of men who were condemned after being caught red-handed. 18 men were hung from the hanging tree, but it's not known if they were all buried there. I did read in a number of um, places, and I actually think that they talk about it in the BuzzFeed Unsolved, that they didn't bury them in cemeteries. They just dug holes and dumped them in right then and there it was a very lawless town and like you said vigilante justice was kind of how they handled all of this thievery and there's also i mean people live there so there there is a cemetery on site where they're right people were properly buried mm -hmm. um and i think they said i remember reading articles about it um possibly up to 100 people um and it's mostly children oh yeah perished um as was yeah. fairly common back in the 1800s back so. back in the 1800s right. yeah um it's the same with aho and um mm. the mine down there that my grandfather worked for there weren't you know whooping cough was a, mm. a really you know horrible disease that children would get measles mumps like all the stuff that we get vaccinated for um they didn't have back then so a lot of the time children were the more um uh, common death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, either way, many tourists have claimed to be harassed by the ghost of dead thieves. I can't imagine anything less fun. <laughs> <laughs> tourists have had rocks thrown at them while near the hanging tree coming from nowhere. Wow. They also hear footsteps scurrying around them near near the area. Ooh, scurrying footsteps? Don't love it. I just that gives me the willies. Um, and some have even heard strange voices call out their names. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it's their feet, like barely touching the. Oh, like like as they're hanging and it's they're yeah. trying to like gain like purchase on something. To, yeah. <gasps> That's a horrible like, thought. Scurrying like that. Like, you know, because there'd be... Yeah, but maybe that just makes their sense. Toes. They're just trying... Yeah, they're just trying to gain purchase on something to... Oh. Wow, you're, you're dark. Welcome. I like to make things ten times worse. <laughs> you're dark. <laughs> I mean... Sometimes. Okay. It's been a rough week. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Well, thanks for bringing us with you. Um... So you were talking about the um, group of these thieves that were killed in a freak accident mm -hmm. in Vulture City. They also haunt the mine known as the Glory Hole. Um, so as you had said, uh, the miners would come around sunset and they would dig out remaining ore near the support beams. Stupid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, there was no rock to support the beams and it collapsed, trapping and killing seven men and 12 donkeys. The bodies are still there today, which I find even creepier. So there's 12 asses buried in the glory hole, is what you're telling me? Yes, the glory hole collapsed on 12 asses. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The apparitions of these men can be seen. And I don't know, maybe it's not just the men, maybe it's the donkeys. It it wasn't clear. Um, Apparitions can be seen around the head of the mine and witnesses report unusual cold spots and feelings of being watched. Um, none of it's great. None of it's great. So, uh, (laughs) the gentleman from the show Ghost Adventures did do an episode at Vulture City. And so apparently they, they paid a visit to the, the mine a couple of years ago and they had rocks thrown at them. They captured recordings of apparitions telling them to get out. There it is. Again, also, you're going to die. Wow. Harsh. (laughs) Harsh. Maybe you're not a fan of Zach Bagans, but you don't need to take it there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) After this startling experience, the group then proceeded to the bordello. Shadowy figures have been sighted by people and voices have been heard in this building as well. The generator was another active place where a worker heard a voice say, I do not have freedom. Which I thought was interesting. I I didn't, I mean, did you come across anything that said that maybe workers were not allowed to leave? Like they had to, like they weren't allowed to like move on. They had to stay there and work the mine? No, I didn't. I didn't hear anything like that. But they did say that there was a um, large number of Mexican um, workers Mm-hmm. that were working it and they were paid considerably less than their white counterparts so i don't know maybe if oh you know, maybe somebody was like trying to make them stay or maybe or they they felt like they they couldn't move, go on because like even if it was not much money it was some money and maybe they felt like they were just kind of stuck between it's a bad pun rock and hard place <laughs> It didn't. It's like between an ass and a glory hole. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> they The Ghost Adventures crew did have um, a number of EMF spikes that uh, were, it, it, that indicated activity close to the quarry, um, which is very interesting because as... We all know an EMF detector detects electromagnetic fields. Um, it, it'll it'll light up if it's near a phone, if it's near an outlet, if it's near any source of electricity. Well, these mines have none of that. So if you get EMF spikes, that's pretty um, good indication that there is some sort of paranormal activity going on because spirits do um, have energy and they utilize energy around them to manifest and and things like that. And the EMF detector catches that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, They also said that they could feel eyes glaring at them from the mine, a dark mine. And you just feel like there are people in there watching you. Creeps. 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 I've been to an abandoned mine in, I mean, not just that one, but I mean, inside one. Oh yeah. Um, 
how Ellsworth, Ellsworth line. Oh, okay. When I was young and dumb and I would like hike into places like that. Yeah. With my um, now I drag now, you into uh, them. Uh, <laughs> now I'm like, Laura, come with me to this abandoned mine. <laughs> yeah. So um, they are super creepy. I mean, mm-hmm. just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would much rather poke around an open pit mine, obviously, than a shaft mine. We have covered so many locations where shaft mining is just awful and dangerous. Open pit mining is as well, because there's, you know, rock slides and things like that. But um, Tonopah in Nevada, that was a horrible... Um, they had a, a, I believe one of the the mines caught fire, like the coal down in there caught fire and miners burned to death because they couldn't get up and out of it. I mean, it's just bad, bad all around. They, they can collapse and they can, mm-hmm. very, very dangerous, very, very dangerous work. Um, so that's what I have for the hauntings of the Vulture Gold Mine. None of them are great. I really... None of them are great. Um, I do want to say that there are a couple of local historians, Gary Carter and Joe Stevens. Um, they kind of remain unconvinced of any paranormal activity at the Vulture Mine, and they chalk it up to tall tales. There's always going to be a skeptic, a non-believer. Um, he, I did want to include that just, you know, to say, hey, yeah, listeners, if you believe, if you don't, you know, we got a little bit for everybody. Um Joe Stevens said there, there's the tree out there that's thought to have been used for hangings, but there's no history that substantiates that. Um, the Gary Carter, he agreed and said that he had been unable to find any records or news clippings of the deaths. But to that, I say it was a vigilante town, right? Like vigilante, vigilante justice. They're going to create a death certificate for these guys. You know what I mean? If especially if gonna, yeah. hanging was the punishment for theft, you We're wouldn't like, find anything. Dear diary, today, <laughs> <laughs> today we hung Matt. He's an asshole. He took my gold. Right, like, exactly. They're not gonna. <laughs> there's not gonna be a record. That's kind of the point of vigilante justice. You just kind of. You just kind of do it. You just kind of do it. Yeah, you're not going to talk about it. You're certainly not going to put an article in the newspaper or have a death certificate, especially if you're not burying them in a cemetery. You're just digging a hole and you're like, there you go. Right. You can rot in the Arizona sun. Um, so to that, as what I say to you guys, uh, Mr. Gary Carter and Joe Stevens, use your head. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, Yeah, so I guess you'll need to um, go and visit the Vulture Mine to find out firsthand if it is paranormally active. And to that, I say, Laura, this is your mission. You know, it'd be really cool to go out there when there's uh, a monsoon with all the electric, I mean, not to go actually like out and stand in there, but to like be in one of the buildings and kind of just like. Go stand under one of those metal roofs in a lightning storm. What do we find? Um, I mean, hey. go stand by the tree. <laughs> oh, the hanging tree. I would. Yeah, no, don't do that. Mm-mm. 
but it would be interesting. It would. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a beautiful part of Arizona. So just mm. the night sky and, you know, lightning off in the far, far distance would be really quite beautiful against that backdrop. Yeah. Um, so it's up to you. This is your mission as a member, uh, a full-fledged member of Southern Entities Paranormal. This is your investigation. You're in charge. You go. All right. Take your people. Got it. Got it. Good. Um, <laughs> so in my know before you go, the Vulture Mine is open for a self-walking tour. The mine is open on most weekends. Um, some tips for touring the mine. Wear a hat uh, to keep your head clean of possible falling dust and droppings. That makes it sound like there's bats in there, which I'm not really down for. I'm sure there are. Also rocks and shit too, but I'd rather those fall on my head than bat poop. Um, wear some good walking shoes and bring plenty of water to avoid dehydration, which you should do all the time, anywhere you're at, be it North Carolina or Arizona. Also, special, special, special arrangements for an overnight paranormal investigation can be scheduled with the caretakers of the mine. So I will call them tomorrow and book it for you. Appreciate you. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so Vulture Mine Tours, they are located at 36610 North 355th Avenue in Wickenburg, Arizona. You can visit their website at vulturemindtours.com. Uh, $10 per person, kids six and under are free with an accompanying adult. You can also um, do a ghost tour and contact Wickenburg Legends and Ghost Tours at 360-609-2280 or visit them at Wickenburg ghosts.weebly.com and that is what I have for Vulture Goldmine. Wonderful. Yay. That's good, good. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I um, can't believe it was an hour away from Phoenix and I never went. I mean, I've been to Wickenburg, but I did. I'm a terrible Arizona. I'm fucking telling you. Um, you know, when I moved to Austin years ago, um, I had to go do a tour of shit that I had just put off of Arizona. I, I had I had lived here for quite a long time. I'd never yeah. gone to the Grand Canyon. Canyon Painted Desert, like all yep. shit that is very easily <laughs> attainable in yep. driving distance, even in a day if you want. Seriously. So, Seriously. Yeah. And yeah. Arizona's gorgeous. There's so much stuff to see and do here that is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was a lazy mm -hmm. bastard. I know, me too. I guess it was just one of those things where you take it for granted. You know what I mean? Like, it's right there. I was 21. I'm born and raised in Arizona. I was 21 before I saw the Grand Canyon. Just because it was like, oh, it's it's there. It's always going to be there. I'll get to it one day. Um, and I think Koi was 14, 15 before we took him. You're just as bad as me. Yeah. Terrible. I've already been back once since I moved back. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. About going and doing the Grand Canyon Railroad with Zane. Um, oh, God. On his spring break. So that seems like it would be fun. That seems like it would really be fun. And it's a beautiful time of year to go. Um, yeah, I... No, I, I'm I'm a terrible Arizonan. Um, I have been to Tombstone. I love You're such Tombstone. a terrible Arizonan. You're no longer an Arizonan. <laughs> hey. I will always be an Arizonan. Um, and uh, my birth certificate says so. So, uh, 
Anyway, um, I've been to Tombstone. I've been to, you know, uh, the Grand Canyon. I haven't been to Antelope Canyon, which I do want to go to. It's gorgeous. Uh, next time you come, we'll go. Okay. It's Actually, summer. no, I'm not ever coming back to Arizona in the summer. <laughs> um, somebody very important will have to die and have her funeral in the summer for me to go back in Arizona, to, to Arizona in the summer. But we are, my, in fact, tonight at dinner, my mom and Koi and I were talking about maybe coming back in October this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, I miss it. I love Arizona. It's my home. And I know it like the back of my hand. I just haven't been to a lot of places the back of my hand. <laughs> I happen to human territorial prison though. That counts. Hey, doesn't it? Um anyway, yeah, that's that's what I have on Vulture City guys. Let's go ahead. Guess what I found? Well, Finally, I, I right. <laughs> I thought that shit was gone forever. I thought it was gone forever, too. So um, we had started and then abruptly stopped when I lost my book, Strange History, here at History of a Haunting Podcast. Um, my dear friend Jennifer, who is our marketing director of the podcast, she sent me this book for Christmas. And so I was going to pick a story out every week and tell you a strange historical fact. And then I lost the book. So we didn't do it for a while, but I found it. So here we are. This is called preheated Canada goose. And, um, cause I need reading glasses. I'm that many years old. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. Right. <laughs> I also like my new glasses. How many focals do you have? How many focals does your new glasses have? Um, <laughs> on April 22nd. <laughs> on April 22nd, 1932, the townspeople of Elgin or Elgin, Manitoba, were treated to a delicious goose dinner that dropped right out of the sky. A flock of Canadian geese were flying overhead during an electrical storm and ran afoul of some lightning. Afoul, get oh, it? Shit. Yeah. 52 unlucky birds were electric electrocuted mid-flight. After the charred birds plummeted into Elgin, or Elgin, the citizens gathered the geese, finished cooking them, and served them on dinner tables all over town. <laughs> resourceful but right i don't know it's um kind of like eating roadkill to me i don't know sky kill mm -hmm. i don't know maybe they just smelled so goddamn good i don't know right all of a sudden just smells like kfc everywhere <laughs> <laughs> the other some of that. <laughs> seriously the other little bit um that's in this on this page that i wanted to share because i love the book um, is here are four titles that author F. Scott Fitzgerald considered and then rejected for his 1926 novel, The Great Gatsby. He was considering um, Trimalacchio's Banquet, The High Bouncing Lover, Gold-Hatted Gatsby, or The Incident at West Egg. So I think we can all agree that the title he ended up with, The Great Gatsby, was the best and that is strange history for this week guys awesome that's a good one I yeah love Scott Fitzgerald. i do too i do i do too and I, you know what i didn't actually read the book until koi had to read it um for uh one of his high school english 
classes and uh i actually caught up on a lot of great novels while coy was in high school and i i dropped out of high school so i didn't read any of these things um so i uh, yeah i got to read a lot of really great stuff while my son was in high school um so yeah other side of paradise f scott Fitzgerald. that's good oh really okay good Mm -hmm. i'll read that too i um i'm not quite done i paused for a while on um Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I need to pick that back up. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't finished. Great book too. Yeah, I think he's on his second trial. Oh, okay. Is where I'm at. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Um, bummed out. Uh, we were supposed to be going to Savannah next week. I have it here on my calendar. Looking all sad. Um, but we postponed it because I am a jobless hobo. Uh. So it's yeah, out there riding the rails doesn't know where it's gonna take her. Got my little bindle, well, and we're I just seeing the sights. <laughs> we're just seeing the sights. Um, so anyway, that was strange history. Laura, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow us on the social medias? <laughs> you can follow us at, or I'm sorry, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HOH Podcast. And also on the TikTok at HOAH Podcast, at HOAH Carrie, and at HOAH Clovis Laura. Don't follow Laura. She never posts anything. She's just. It's true. <laughs> Next week, I'm just going to take your I name take off. I take videos of with all the good intent to actually put something together. It takes like but two I seconds. Think... <laughs> I know. I took a bunch of videos, like, and I even went to a place at like three o'clock in the morning specifically. To make videos. Yeah. We made the videos. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. All right. You can still do it, though. I did that promo video for us. Um, Yeah. yeah. What'd you think of that, by the way? You never said. Oh, it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. I texted Laura, and I was like, text me some videos of the fun things you've done. I'm doing a video that, you know, we do more here at History of a Haunting, and we really do. We really do travel. We really do go to these locations. Um, and yeah, so you should follow us more on social media. More specifically me, because I post. Fair enough. <laughs> I can't even argue with that. I'm like, I'm such a little. You can't. You don't do anything. Um, and everything you post, though, the, like, the few little things you do post gazillions of views i'm like look here lady if i have to pimp you out i will do it all right okay i'll start pimping myself out all right thank you anyway thank you guys thanks for watching guys we will see you next week with a brand new episode um in the meantime stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening bye guys watch out for glory holes and donkeys. <laughs> Don't let donkeys near your glory hole. <laughs> oh my God. I think that's a new history of a haunting sticker. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. <laughs>